Hello, I'm Andrew Tehran with Anthony Spedavecchia, and this is a special bonus episode of Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. Hey, Anthony. What's up, T? Today on our bonus episode, we are going to look back at the cultural phenomena that was Game of Thrones. First things first, though. During the first episode, we said uh, we'd be thrilled if 10 people download and listen to uh, anything that we recorded. We got up to over 100 downloads uh, in the first couple weeks, and we just want to thank everybody for listening and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, that's awesome. We were so pleasantly surprised uh, with all the support and, and all the great feedback. So thank you, folks. I also want to give one shout out to other people. Basically, anyone who's named their daughter Khaleesi or Danny, uh, you're going to have some explaining to do uh, <laughs> down the line. So, Game of Thrones is over. Uh, Anthony, had, have you ever read any of the books? I read the first two, uh, and then I did the next three uh, audio version. So, in just a few words or a phrase, what's your reaction to that final episode? Underwhelmed? Somebody else on, a, on another podcast said, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed. And it was good. It was entertaining. It did not blow my mind. No, and that's kind of what I was hoping. Um, to me, Game of Thrones, I, I think, is the, the best show that was on TV. Uh, close second would be Breaking Bad, which had, I think, a, a better finale. The problem with Game of Thrones is, I, I made this comparison the other day. If you're a big Marvel fan like us, if you saw Age of Ultron... And then your next Marvel movie was Endgame, and you basically skipped everything in between, you'd be really confused and not know what happened. And I feel that's kind of like the direction that Game of Thrones went in. There was so much, I feel, that was missing in these seasons. We always talk about how shows have too many episodes, and there's a lot of meandering going on, and just stuff that makes no sense to the plot. Game of Thrones did not benefit from shortened seasons. It probably needed uh, last season to be 10 episodes, this season to be 10 episodes, and one more season on top of that. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. And they're having, it's a tough job that they had. It's a tough job that they had. It's the same job that they had in Infinity War. It's this what Game of Thrones had to do this season. And it's going to be the same job that Star Wars Episode Nine is going to have to do, then that they promised it will end the Skywalker saga. Um and they had to wrap things up. They had to like make the hand signal at their throat and the little twirl, wrap it up, we're out. And there was so much there in Game of Thrones and it sped through, I think. I completely agree with you. They, they did not spend enough time. They needed more time to wrap things up. And Benioff and Weiss, did I pronounce their names correctly? Close enough. Close enough. Uh, you know, it, I don't know this is a fact, but it feels like they wanted to wrap it up so they could move on to Star Wars. Yeah, uh, apparently HBO gave them carte blanche to wrap it up in as many episodes as they wanted. So if they wanted to do 20 more. I think that was on the table. And uh, yeah, so it looks like they're they're doing it to go do Star Wars. And, and now I'm not sure how I feel about their interpretation of what Star Wars might be. Okay, so I have a tirade and I got to get it off my chest so I'm not holding back on it and so we could get through with the episode. Um, I think 
Game of Thrones was two separate television shows. There was the first four seasons, and there was the second four seasons. There was the television show that closely followed the book as best as it could, and that television show, one through four seasons, was arguably the best television show, along with maybe a handful of others, that was ever made. It was just absolutely ridiculously good. And then, somewhere in season five, it turned into a good show, and it's because they ran out of books. Now, I'm not going to blame Benioff and Weiss about that. It's too difficult of a task to kind of give the kind of depth that was in the books and continue it and finish this story that was started in, what, 96? I blame George R. R. Martin. He had the time to finish these books. And I was reading all the interviews I saw of George R. R. Martin, and, I, and some other person was writing about uh, his writing style. And they described it as, you know, there's two types of writers. There's structuralists, who are like architects, who see the entire structure completed and they have to lay foundations and do the, all the structures of three-act stories and the character arcs and have everything mapped out before they start putting a single real word of script down. George R. R. Martin isn't like that. George R. R. Martin is the other kind of writer and he's a gardener. And the gardener type of writer will plant seeds and watch things grow. You don't have that kind of control. Life has to take over and characters have a life to themselves. Now, the great thing about being the gardener type of writing style is that characters drive what happens and they make decisions. Those decisions cause actions and the plot to move in certain ways. Structuralists, which are Benioff and Weiss, have a final thing that they need to get to, a final point that they need to get to. And that ending drives the character choices, not the other way around. Right. That that's what I that's what I feel like. They they knew the point, and then they had X amount of episodes to get there. But there was so much left to cover, that Danny's flipping the switch and going crazy was what an ep- uh, I was I would say an episode and a half, but it was half a, half an episode. It was half of one episode and a quarter of another, so three quarters of an episode. Now she's supposed to be the main villain of the whole series, basically. And and that upset a lot of people, and rightfully so, because because Danny was beloved by many millions of people, and there were some really good as as a good character, an evil character. There was really good things that she was doing, and they did do underlying signs for that. But that you needed to hold your your viewers their hand through this kind of breakdown, and you know it. it the argument saying it happened really quick, quick, and it's kind of. It's kind of lame that they would go, ladies be crazy. And, and, and that is, is, I could see how people are insulted by that. And, but if you took two, ep- two seasons, seven episodes to get that kind of mental breakdown or bring her to that emotional point where she would slaughter women and children and civilians and innocent people in, in, in a city... Um, you need to be really careful with that. You can't just flip that switch. I mean, this is the same character who locked her dragons up because they burned a little boy. And and there's arguments out there where there are people saying, well, listen, notice they always she always had a voice of reason to stop her from doing these things. And and I see that too. Um, in the books, you know, I don't think any of these characters came off as really good or really bad. 
And in the first four seasons, I mean, there was a lot of really bad, terrible characters, but in the first four seasons, everybody was kind of smarmy. Uh, and I liked Tyrion because Tyrion did like was just like the best, a, te- a pretty terrible person. I loved him, but he was a terrible person. You know what I mean? He's not. He wasn't a good person. I could see. Yes, you were going to make him good, but then after season four, it became this light and dark like Star Wars, where the good guys are the good guys, and the the, the good folks are the good folks, and the bad folks are the bad folks, and that's not Game of Thrones, right? That's not Game of Thrones. That's Star Wars. And they try to shift from Game of Thrones into this very uh, uh, plain, uh, letting the characters know who they have to root for. And then in the last two episodes, they go, oh, we got to dial that back. And then Danny has to all of a sudden be, again, a complicated character that could have lived within the first four seasons. But second four seasons, different thing. And give me one more second with my tirade. Go ahead. If you had really high expectations about things being very carefully brought through after the final episode of the last season where um, uh, the Baratheon kid, what's his first oh, name? Oh, Gendry. Gendry. Went running? Runs. Went running. Ran, like, I don't know how many hundreds of miles. To I guess went, uh, to to to, to call Danny, Night's right? Watch yeah. sent a, sent a raven and that raven made it all the way down to Storm's End and then she in an evening in like what ten hours right. when the very first episode when what does Bar- uh, King Baratheon say when he gets to Winterfell for the first time yeah uh, shout out to Danny who just pointed this out to me the other day because he watched the first episode and said that. Uh, uh, Robert said it took a month to get to King's Landing or f- to Winterfell from King's Landing. A month. A month. And then they get down and back. I mean, I knew you get flying, it gets quicker, whatever. You're still talking about a, a few days. Once you saw that, and I, and I kind of I let go at that point, I emotionally let go, and I was like, I see what this has turned into. There's Game of Thrones, and now there's Game of Thrones. The bigger problem I had with that, all right, the running's one thing, but this has been a show where your favorite character could be dead next week. And that episode was built up that way. You're like, oh my God, we're going to lose somebody huge. And we didn't. And it was disappointing. You know, not not that I'm rooting for characters to be killed off because they're all great, but that's what Game of Thrones is. If... I don't know, Jorah was killed there or Tormund was killed at that point. You would have been totally shocked. They killed Thoros Amir, which how many people probably even knew his name. He was the biggest character that they killed off at that point. And that's when the, the plot armor became uh, apparent, really. Uh, the last good uh, surprise was at the end of season six when uh, Cersei... Uh, blew up the sept, and then Tom and... Uh, jumped out the window. Jumped out the yeah. window. That was like, oh, that was that last kind of, oh, snap, yep. kind of thing. Um, and one other thing before we really go, start going into talking about things I actually did enjoy, because I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Hopefully it doesn't sound like I didn't. Um, uh, I think there is this, uh, and 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 hopefully we're not part of it, but I there there's this kind of, problem with 
fan expectations and ownerships of these properties that we all enjoy. And to the people that signed that petition to redo the last season. Yeah, that's a little much. All I would say to them is pick up a camera and go make the movie you want to make. And if to see how really difficult it is to craft a good story and do all these things and the time, not just the money, but the real time and heartbreak it takes to put in and make a, make a good movie. And, and, and it's still, there's no guarantee that it'll come out good. No one intends to go out and make something bad. Uh, I don't know, maybe, um, the, the room, the, what was that uh, film company? The trauma, the tra- trauma <laughs> company, the toxic Avenger. Anyway, I'm dating myself. Who knows what the, the toxic Avenger is anymore. Um, uh, or Sharknado. Yeah, there you they go. Potentially go out. Right, there you go. That's the... Uh, people have to manage their expectations. I enjoyed it. It was really good. I had a good time. It will never be what it was. And for and you might not see that good of TV again in a really long time as the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll even argue that this season I was really enjoying it. Um I mean, six episodes, the first four and a half were, I thought, great, really. Um, it was really up until Danny's turn, only because my issue with it was that you you spent all these seasons building her up of, oh, is she good? Is she bad? Is she going to be like her father? And you basically seeded that she wasn't going to go in that direction. And at the end, you just made her crazy. And, and I don't really know what the point was, I guess. Um, if you're trying to... Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to... Her whole thing was to break the wheel and do this and, and stop all the tyrants, and then she just basically became one in the end. I did like her conversation with John in the throne room at the in the finale, which I thought was the best scene of the, of the whole episode, um, where she's trying to rationalize her, her um, thought process behind it. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see her perspective. But at the same time, the point where she went mad, it just didn't work for me. Because, like, what okay. set her off? Let's talk about... Yeah. Right? Let's talk about... Yeah, no, definitely. I, I completely agree. Um, let's talk... And, and speaking of that scene, let's start talking about things we really liked. Uh, that scene, and I think, uh, other than one dark episode, I think the cinematography, the effects the long shots, so many beautiful things. And in that scene when she goes... With the dragon she, wings She rises above the stairs and the wings yeah, come... Ex- her excellent. dragon wings come from behind her. Beautiful, gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. The CGI on those dragons on a television budget, and I know this is the, the most expensive, probably the most expensive season of television ever ever um, ever filmed, but the, those dragons were really spot on. Knowing how... CGI works and having worked with it and worked on uh, 3D animation, um, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it being CGI. I was the dragon and the dragon, the CGI acting, and I wasn't thinking about CGI. And that's the end goal of, of good, good CGI is you're not, you don't see it and you're not thinking about it. Right. Like you believe those dragons could really fly over wherever you're standing. Um, my favorite moment of, the uh, the season is of course Arya uh, killing the Night King. Um, yeah, uh, great moment. Arya, um, yeah. Uh, first four seasons of Game of Thrones, my favorite character is Tyrion. 
second four seasons of Game of Thrones is is Arya, and and you could tell how uh, much uh, the showrunners love that character. Yeah, well, she had a good story this season. Her her character, much like Bran, who had the best story, according to Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was that moment. Okay, so there's the moment there at the end when Tyrion is waxing poetic, like he's the writer, one of the showrunners, and he's like, it's about telling stories and how stories are so powerful, and we're here making a movie, and we want to reflect on how it felt to make this movie. It's the same thing that uh, that uh, Samwise Gamgee did at the end of Lord of the Rings. Oh, our stories. He went on like, and they're super, there was a very similar, like, Speaking of Lord, oh, I thought the movie ended, but exactly, it keeps on going. Exactly. just like a Return of the King. Exactly, right? I had I had that along with the uh, Little Wayne's World, the the super mega ultra happy ending. I feel like everybody got a happy ending in the end, which was kind of weird. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Uh, and even another Lord of the Ring, uh, Return of the King parallel is that you get somebody on a boat who's sailing west uh, to un- uncharted territory. But okay, Brand's so king. Bran is king. I didn't like it right off the bat. I'm like, I couldn't, not, not that I didn't like it. I was like, why, why, why? But Bran is not interested in being king. And at the very end, he walks up to the table. He goes, oh, hey, guys, I'm king. I do, do your work. I'm out. And, and Tyrion's in charge. Tyrion is basically sitting on the throne. Runs, runs the, not seven kingdoms, the six kingdoms. He sits, Tyrion's in charge. Okay, hold on, hold on. At that point, when she says, we're not part of the kingdoms, we're going to be whatever, whatever, why didn't the other uh, group of people all say, hey, we want to be independent too? Especially, uh, especially... um, Dorne and... Greyjoy. Yeah, or Greyjoy. Yeah, Yeah, she she wouldn't have that. Oh, you get to be king? A queen? I don't get to be queen? Yeah. Forget that, I'm out. You could completely see her character doing that, right? But, you know, again, character actions don't define the end. The end is defining the character. Right. And, uh, I mean, I I thought your your idea was going to come to fruition where Sam basically was trying to install democracy. And he just got left off the stage. I'm going to defend myself here. I think my exact quote is Magna Carta. I didn't believe that every single person was going to vote. But the Magna Carta created the House of Lords is pretty much what they did. So... The each house got to vote, so the 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 rich landowners get the vote about you know not the not the peasantry. But I thought that was really good too when he stood up and he was like, "Yeah, we get everybody gets to vote," and they were like, "Ha ha ha! Why don't we give our horses yeah. a vote?" Because that that's the way it was there. You know, that's the way it was there. This is feudal society. The 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 peasants were considered subhuman. They didn't even have like. You know, that thing in, in England that you start having theaters for the masses so they could, speaking of stories, so they could hear stories and education and all these things. They have not, Game of Thrones has not gone through an enlightenment so that they could have that kind of widespread democracy. Right. But there was a tip of a hat to it. Yeah, sure was. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? John being a Targaryen that uh, meant nothing? I'm trying to be positive, but I'm going to go with you know, we could do a top 10 of it and we won't, um, of things of the seeds that George R. R. Martin sowed that you think would be significant. It would get certain places and then it didn't. Why did John come back? The Lord of Light? The Lord of Light was like, all right, we need this to happen. So I'm going to, 
keep on getting people to go here and there. The brotherhood, who's the leader of the Brothers Without Banners? Yeah, Ber- uh, Beric. Oh, you had to be here so you could just be in this hallway this very moment so the zombies are attacking. Now, if they had one point like this, but so many times, oh, because you needed to be there. Why, why am I here? Because you need to be here. Why did I go there? Because you, this needed to happen this way. My, because Bran can see into the future and all these things. But then that takes away character agency. If Bran could see into the future, he'd just let everything happen the way that it all happened? Yeah. That's, that's he'd just, just sit chilling watching Game of Thrones with us. <laughs> he, he was playing the game. You know, he read all the spoilers, so he's not going to be surprised. Oh my gosh. John stabbing Danny was ruined for me on Twitter. I just didn't think that somebody would do it. It was a few days before. I'm there. I'm like, oh, let me click on hashtag Game of Thrones. Third one. Oh, that guy on Reddit got everything right. So he's probably really right. And at, and it was like in the second, like, you know, just in a tweet. John stabs Danny tomorrow or whatever. And I'm like, I can't unsee that. I cannot see that. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you though, know, you don't I, you don't know if things are true or not. But I yeah, was hoping it wasn't. But you know, I, I knew it was going to happen, and it happened. You know, so uh, so a lot of those big things get gets get spoiled. Yeah, but the the, um, the the wedge between Danny and John should have been that he's a Targaryen, and that could have been what drove her crazy. That no matter what it came down to, he was going to, in her mind, take over the throne. No matter yeah. how many times he said he didn't want it. If that was the reason that that made her the way that she was, I could totally buy that. But then she's, you know, making up with him in the, the throne room and I love you and love this and da da da. Well, he said he would fo- he said he would follow her and she was like this is what we're going to do. So she just assumed, uh, you know, I get it, right? I get it. Yeah. The the, the turn on Danny was a thing. There, you know, was she, you know, I was I was thinking that she was going to be pregnant. Yeah, um, I thought that too. Uh, I th- I thought that she was going to try and kill John and say Dracaris and then he'd be he wouldn't know, be burned. Flames go on him. He wouldn't be burned. He'd just be standing there naked, and everybody could be like, "Ooh, <laughs> you know." Um, I thought that I thought that was going to happen. Um, but in the end, I enjoyed it. It wrapped it up. Uh, George R. R. Martin came out just yesterday and said, "My books are going to end different." Yeah, I think it was. I think this was a way for him to put a feeler out and see how people reacted to it, because supposedly he gave them the ending, right? But that doesn't make every single thing right. So the, in broad strokes, there will be some similarities. Right, you could swap uh, out I a think, character here and there. I mean, it, here's another question: After uh, John kills Danny, Dragon flies, Drogon flies away with her. You, you're assuming Grey Worm and, and the Unsullied come and get him. Why didn't Grey Worm just kill him at that point? That would have been that would have been an interesting scene to see uh, why, why why that happened. But they needed to they needed to you but, know, move move the story right. along. They needed to have Tyrion walk for five minutes in between but, burning but buildings. This, this is my point to my <laughs> instead of have that scene. <laughs> right. This, this is my point regarding my Avengers analogy earlier. There are scenes that are just cut out that would have you know I think enhanced the story. The biggest story, going back to John being a Targaryen, is when he's telling Sansa and uh, Arya who he is, and he tells Bran, you tell them, and it just cuts away. But you didn't need to hear him say that, I think. That was a good I think that was a good You do? I don't know. I I, I wasn't really into that. I mean, I know we heard the story a hundred times, but these are the main characters that you have to tell the story to. 
tell it there, you know? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy Tyrion survived. Uh, I'm happy he has a good job. And he is the last Lannister, so he gets Casterly Rock. And he's the hand of the king. And he can... Uh, I'm happy for him. Happy ever after kind of thing is what I expected for a lot of the characters. And, and you got it. What, what's, what's going on with John? So they send him to Castle Black... And then he goes through and he's walking up with the wildlings. Is he going to be at Castle Black or is he just going to be the, what do you call it? The king beyond the wall. That that was un- unclear. I mean. Right. It's unclear. Are, were they just going out? Was he helping them get settled? Were they going on a ranging mission? Are they all staying at Castle Black? There was so much kind of left, I guess, to your own interpretation. Um, but what's the point of the Night's Watch now? And they're not going to make a sequel. No. To this now but i can see 10 years from now what happened to Arya? hashtag where's drogon like you like it was a drogon <laughs> yeah, was that where, the, where, the hashtag where drogon i don't know the names of the dragons you know you have john you have drogon you have all these things and there's there's a there's stories to uh to be told there so later on you know hbo needs a good show i wouldn't be surprised if 10 years now, There's more uh, Game of Thrones with these characters. Yeah, with these characters. I mean, the the story now is they're going to do when the first men land for the first time in Westeros and their their struggle with the children of the forest, right? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah, I heard that. Um, I would love to see a dunk and egg, dunk and egg. Um, uh, I've read those um, short stories that George R. R. Martin wrote. It's it's like a knight and his squire, and they're shorter stories. They're only, I think, like 50, 45, 50 pages each. And the young one, Egg, is Aegon, who was in Castle Black, the Targaryen in Castle Black, who was saying, you know, uh, Targaryen alone in the world is, is a dangerous thing. That's that's him in there as a child because it happens a hundred years, not a hundred years, but like eighty or something years before Game of Thrones. Read them; they're short stories. They're they're they're, yeah, they're good. I'll have to I like check it. them out. Um, well, yeah. one more thing I want to talk about. We didn't talk about it at all. Uh, Jamie and Cersei. Do you like the way that ended? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I was I was uh, thinking, oh my gosh. Are they going to bring back Cersei and they're going to drag her like like all her arms and legs are bo- broken, and, but she's still kind of Tyrion's alive gonna... and drag her in front of Daenerys and then the, the dragon just kind of chomps on her and eats her. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen, but, they, you know, they wanted to give the Tyrion. Yeah, that, 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 that part was fun. Uh, Peter Dinklage, that acting he, moment. Here's here's um, what I was thinking. What did Jamie think was going to happen to Cersei when they got her? When he's in Winterfell, he's with Brienne, and then Sansa tells him that, you know, she's upset she couldn't be there when they killed Cersei. And Jamie, that's what set him off, to go running back to her. But, like, right. like what did he think was going to happen anyway? He thought that he was going to follow Tyrion's uh, plan, that he would grab her, they would get onto a boat, and they would slip No, away but that came after. And, and that came after the conversation with, with Sansa. Oh, what do you think was yeah. going to happen? I mean, just try and get away or help her. He wasn't thinking. He wasn't thinking. And here's the thing. But they they left it they left it ambiguous. You didn't know if he was going back to save her or to kill her. Like, he wanted to be the one to take her out. And what I was kind of hoping was going to happen 
was that he was going to go to her and she was going to tell him that she's actually was lying about being pregnant. And that could have been what set him off to actually like kill her. Um, and I think that would have been more satisfying to the character because you spent him as a guy you root for. You, you, you flipped his whole character around because after the first episode, there's nobody that liked Jamie. And before the last episode, everybody was a Jamie fan. And then he goes back to her and it's kind of like a disservice to the character, I felt like. Um, I, I think I would have been disappointed if, if it was Daenerys gets stabbed and then... And then Cersei gets stabbed. And no, Cersei gets Cersei stabbed. gets choked out with the golden go. with the golden hand. Yeah, I know. But you know, they were saying he he had his arms around her and like kind of hugging her near her neck. I mean, it was a little bit like a, right before they died, his hands yeah. were up there, right? I, I don't know. Uh, we're talking about the prophecy yeah. that uh, right. Yeah, they would die by that with the hands around the neck of a uh, younger right. brother, right? right? I mean, it was it was it was okay. It was okay, you know. And and he, you know, how twisted that relationship was. They did love each to other the, so. to the end. Speaking of uh, siblings that yeah. did not love each other, the the hound, the mound, and uh, the mound. You hear me? Uh, the, 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 the hound and the mountain. Yeah, click cl- cl- Right. A fight. A fight with absolutely no stakes. Right. You <laughs> like, knew they were both a lot die, of good right? special effects and dragons in the back. Yeah, what? Why? Why were they fighting? Uh, why were they fighting? There was like you know the big thing. Remember, uh, mountain versus the viper. It wasn't just who was going to survive because one of them was going to survive at least survive. Right? It was Tyrion's fate was in the thing. Who did the thing? There was all these stakes. Right involved in this thing and they were just sitting around on like some like you know they built some stands and put some flags up near a pile of dirt and that was more compelling than all the flames and everything i get it it's a matter he dies by flame their 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 conflict started by putting his face in the fire and now they're putting yourself in the fire but again it's like that thing at the end of one of the uh jack sparrow movies pirates of the caribbean where they're sword fighting for like 15 minutes and they're like you can't kill any of them because they don't die so this is meaningless. They might as well be banging their heads against the wall. So he's stabbing and is like, why can't won't you die? And I guess that's the joke. But it's kind of like, I wish there were more, like, stakes in there. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, other other podcasts have made that. Yeah. Uh, but see, and, and again, so many people are talking about this. Okay, you know what? I'm ready for a little bit of break from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that, that's... I'm ready for a little bit of break. That's how I felt. If... People read the Game of Thrones books and they want to see something really good. Go go get um go pick up Dune by Frank Herbert. It's all the houses are there and it's just, it's just planets and and it's very obvious that when George R. R. Martin started writing A Song of Ice and Fire that he had looked at the Dune novels and they they're really good. A lot of the same problems uh exist in the Dune books that exist in George R. R. Martin's that kind of colonialist mentality in 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 Dune, but it's one of my favorite books. Um it's so many great villains. The reason why I started like watching Game of Thrones. And I was like, "Oh, I really like this. This is a lot like Dune." And read those books before um, 
uh, the new movies come out. They're casting for the new movies, uh, and everybody's going to be in it. Poe Dameron's going to be in it, the guy who played Aquaman. Khal Drogo. Khal Drogo. Khal Drogo's going to be in it. They're, they're doing really big casting. It's going to be a huge science fiction movie. There's going to be a lot. Of, there's going to be a budget, and this is going to be... You're, people are going to go, this is kind of like Game of Thrones. No, Game of Thrones is kind of like Dune. But Good advice there. Any last thoughts uh, be, before we... Um, we wrap this yeah, episode I, up. Actually, this bonus, bonus episode. episode. Yeah, right, let's keep going. Let's go. Let's keep. So going. I, I mentioned to you before. So I did a for fun a, a Game of Thrones death pool, and there, there was a oh, okay, list of okay. twenty seven characters. You basically just had to pick if they lived or died. I got twenty one out of twenty seven correct, and and to me that's that's kind of disappointing because that's not what Game of Thrones is. The big ones that I missed on, I I thought uh, Arya. And uh, Jon Snow would die. You know that was those are basically the two main characters. Everybody else on that list, I I, I pretty much nailed. And uh, that's not what Game of Thrones should have should have been. You know right. when, when it comes down to it. Yeah, remember that first time you saw first season, and then Ned Stark was beheaded, and you're like, wait, wait, what, what? That's the that's the what? He's, he's a, the hero. He's the lead. You can't he's, kill the lead. He's the hero. Not only that, he's he was a, the only main actor on the show. Every, everybody else was relatively unknown back then. Right. Well, now they're all names. Right. Actually, actually no, Cal Drogo, Jason, uh, Jason Momoa. Momoa. He was in another really big, very important television show before he was on Game of Thrones. He was in what, some of the last seasons of Baywatch. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back. He's young. He's young as hell. You know, he's a rookie. And he's there on Baywatch, you know, r- running down the beach, so, you know, in slow motion. All right. There we go. So that's... Game of Thrones and uh, our bonus episode not all podcasts wear capes bonus episode saying goodbye to Game of Thrones Game of Thrones uh, any sponsors uh, this week nope <laughs> no still sponsors. no sponsors we were ready to take money from anybody well we'll sell socks on here kids <laughs> <laughs> show us the money that's right thank you for listening take care everybody our, now our watch has ended Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. Co-hosts and executive producers are Andrew Tehran and Anthony Spedavecchia. With episode producer Dylan Alves and audio engineers Andre Zada and Edgar Lopez. Hashtag where Loki at.